Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Were you guys dating or weren't you? <laughs> uh, we, we, we were like getting to that, I'm going to say. So you weren't intimate yet? No, we were intimate. Oh, okay. We weren't. You weren't in love. You were intimate. This is the plaintiff, Peter Butler Jr. He says he and the defendant were in a relationship, and she owes him three thousand bucks for a 2018 Nissan Rogue, and she won't pay up. Just because their relationship is now ended, doesn't give her the right not to pay him the money she owes. So he's suing. This is the defendant, Anna Weaver. She says the plaintiff had bad credit, so she put his car in her name. And when he started missing payments, she reported the car stolen and it was impounded. She doesn't owe the plaintiff any money, and she thinks the judge will agree. She's accused of messing with an ex. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $8,000 for pain and suffering. All parties, please get your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Butler, you're suing your former girlfriend, Ms. Weaver, for three grand because, according to you, you had to buy a new car thanks to her shenanigans. Tell me what happened. Okay, so January of 2021, um, we met on Facebook, um, <clears throat> Facebook data, and basically I was in a verge of moving from Phoenix, but uh, she had a trip plan to go to Las Vegas. And I was like, yeah, sure, I can come. She said, okay, you can stay here and uh, stay at her house. So I stayed at her house. And she lived where? On the trip. She lived in Phoenix, Arizona. So um, we ended up going to the trip. The trip came out fine. And um, I had to, tra- I, I was in a transfer status, so I was transferring to Georgia. Okay, and then yes. what happened? I got to Georgia around February, like towards the beginning of February. And I was trying to see if I get my kids, if my kids can just stay with me. So I called Anna Weaver to see if she was available to come down. To do what? To, um, Babysit? To help me. 
Were you guys dating or weren't you? <laughs> uh, we 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 were like getting to that. I'm gonna say. So you weren't intimate yet? No, we were intimate. Oh, but okay. We weren't. <laughs> you weren't in love. You were intimate, but you okay. So you ask her, will you move from Phoenix? So yes. that okay, where were the children before that? The children were in Chicago, actually. With who? With my mother. With your mother. With my mother. Is the yes. children's mother not in the picture? She's in and out. Okay. So you wanted the kids to move to Georgia, but you could only do that if you have a mate. Why? Because <laughs> uh, logistics or because of a court issue? Just wanted, because I wanted to raise, I got full custody of them. Um, so I wanted to be able to. Okay, so it, it wasn't, it, so you just needed someone because you couldn't do it alone. And uh, so you call her and you tell her, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you move to Georgia? <laughs> yeah, because she said she wanted to move anyway. She said she didn't really like where she was at. But now, so you got this. you p- picked up and moved to Georgia, Ms. Weaver? Yes, I did. And you had a kid yourself. How old is your kid? Eight years old. So you relocated your kid for a guy you met on Facebook dating how much earlier? So we met in January and we... Uh, I ended up moving down there in February, but he had lived with me. Oh, I'm sorry. For I thought it was longer than that, and I was going to make fun of you. Right. So you literally <laughs> moved in a few weeks. Yes, I took a risk. A risk? Wow. No. That's a, what it's called? Is that, that what it's called? A risk is letting it ride on number 21. It's not moving to Georgia and uprooting your 8-year-old in order to see if it works out with some guy you've known to a few weeks. So how'd that go for you, sweetheart? Um, it didn't go well at all. Oh, who knew? We didn't see that coming. So what happened when you relocated over there? What happened? Everything was fine until the day that we ended up going um, to a different state. He went for his birthday to, I think it was Vegas. I'm not for, for sure. He went out of state and I went out of state to Texas to go visit my friend. All right, so go on. So he got an attitude and he stopped talking to me almost the whole time that I was down in Texas. And I'm like, you know, I still got to come back. You know, I can only stay down here for a little bit. And he basically kept on trying to push it off. Like, can you stay down there for another week? So I ended up staying down there for another week. And then when it was time to come back. Wait, what did he say? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. He says, stay down there for another week because what? um, Because of the fact that he had to work. He couldn't pick me up. It was something. It was a couple days or it was a, a week. I'm not for certain, though. Okay. And what happened? He moved in a different babysitter? Um, no. What ha- happened was he was throwing attitude towards me. He was giving me issues. He didn't. He told me when I got down there that I had to basically get a hotel. So I had to pay for a hotel until the next day for him to be able to pick me up. And when he picked me up, he put me and my kid in danger uh, because he was supposedly tired from working. So I take it you break up. Um, so when I got back, I guess he wanted me to move out of state somehow. He had to take care of his grandma. And I'm like, we just moved down here. Like I left my whole life to move down there oh, and help you out, but also be in a whose relationship. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? After all we've been through together, you've <laughs> known him 20 minutes. All right. When is he telling you, Hey, I got to take care of my grandmother. This isn't working. When does he tell you all that? March? When? What month? It was still February. I believe it was. What, no, it was I think March. it was March. March, okay. It was March. All right, because so we didn't. I didn't come back to Chicago until April. Okay. W- when did Chicago get into the mix? 
um, because of the fact that he told me that I had to go and he was moving, so I had to find a place. Wait, so now you followed him to Chicago? No, I'm, I'm oh, from, Chicago. from Chicago. I have family oh, in you're, Chicago. You're, oh, 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 oh. So you end up going back to Chicago. But let's talk about what happens besides uprooting your eight-year-old, moving, uprooting yourself, moving to a new city. You also put a car for him in your name, which is why we're here. Yeah, and I, oh, let's talk about I, that. All right. How long and had you also, known him when you put a car in your name? Maybe uh, a month. <laughs> a month. Why would you do this? Were you like head over heels about him? Um, I see that I thought that I could start something with somebody and <laughs> it was it could end up good. You know that we are both usually you put your because- toe in the water before you jump in, though. And you check the temperature, yeah. and then you do it slowly, or be braced for a shock. It's one or the other, yeah. you know. You build. This was definitely a shock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about the car, Mr. Butler. What happens there? You have crappy credit. Yes, at that moment I had crappy credit. Um, okay. So I, I went on this site called Carvana, and for me, they was telling me to put down like, what was it, three or four thousand. But with her, it was saying 600. So. Time to ruin her credit? (laughs) You haven't done enough? Uh, No. You got to ruin her credit too? I wasn't going to ruin her credit. Well, what happened? So you put down (laughs) how much on a car? 600. And then your payments were how much per month? 282. And then were you paying it? Yes, I was paying it until the last when she asked for the car. I was a week late, a week and two days late. Okay, and now I got a text message. Oh, sorry. No, no, but tell me that is in what month? And that that's in March, no April. Okay, April, so well, how many payments could you have possibly made on time if we're talking about <laughs> April? When did you buy the car? Uh, February. So. Had she moved to Georgia yet? No, we were still in Phoenix at that moment. Okay, so you got her to put a car in your in her name when you'd known her how many minutes? <laughs> Five, maybe. Two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, two, yeah, about, I'm going to say a month. So you pay February, you pay March, yes. and then in April, you're late. And by now, uh, you guys have late. split up. And you find out he's yeah. late, Ms. Weaver, how? Um, it comes to my email address um, of a late payment. And what happens? Um, I text him, you know, about paying the, the bill. You cannot be paying my bills like my car. you got to pay it on time. So... It basically, he was like, I'm going to pay it. It's just I'm whatever he's going through. I don't know exact details because it's been a little minute and I've been going through some things. But uh, I don't what like did you say to her, Mr. Butler? Time. And why were you messing with her credit? Um, I actually, I paid the car note um, the week and two days later. OK, because um, my pay was different. All right. And then uh, what happens? Um, why do you have to run out and that, buy another car? Okay, so because she kept saying, okay, so she kept texting me, um, bring me my car back now, bring me my car before I report it stolen. Did you ever tell him to bring you the car? Did you want the car because he wasn't? Yeah. You did? Yes. Okay. I just wanted my car back because I didn't well, want Well, it's not your a, car. It, wait, wait, wait. When you say I wanted my car back, you mean you wanted the car because it had never been your car, right? And yes, it was my car because it was put in my name. No, I know it was put in your name, but. Uh, were you just waiting for him to be like a day late and a dollar short for you to say I'm repossessing? No, not at all. Sounds like you were. But then what you do is you don't repossess because that takes time and effort and research. 
So what you do instead is you actually report the car stolen, correct? Correct. Which is a complete lie because he didn't steal your car. He is not making payments on time, which means you go to court and you either go through repossession to get the car back or you do all kinds of efforts. But it's much faster and easier to mess with them if you just say, uh, I'm reporting it stolen, which is what you threatened to do, and then it's what you did. And then what ends up happening, Mr. <laughs> Butler? So after she kept, after she told me, you know, she called the police, and um, I said, okay. So that same day, I got my friend that was in Georgia to drive that car, and then I was going to, I had to buy a car from um, CarMax the same day so I could have a car. And... I, I, we you got your friend grandma, from Georgia to drive a car that was reported stolen? Yeah, but I didn't know it. Actually, at that moment, I didn't know it was reported stolen. You didn't believe her when she said she was going to do it? Oh, no, no. Because I'm like, no, that, I don't even steal. I don't even want that in my record like that. Well, no, um, of course not. But you had somebody else drive the car. Yeah, while I Did you tell that car, person, so hey, I, the crazy woman said she was going to report that car stolen. Be careful. Yeah, she knew about it, but... We didn't believe that she was actually going to call the police because it wasn't stolen. Was the person that you had driving the car someone you were dating? Uh, no, that was my friend. Okay. So she drives the car and she gets stopped in what state? She gets stopped in Kentucky, actually, Elizabethtown. And she's stopped there by a police officer who says, this is a stolen car. Uh, yes, well, she initially got stopped by speeding. but um, Yeah. And they just arrested her and put her in jail. You got to uh, be kidding off me. Off a stolen vehicle. Yeah, off a stolen vehicle. What ended up happening uh, with that case? Um, well, she actually passed away because her boyfriend uh, killed her oh my in gosh. Chicago. Uh, probably like a month later. Uh, so that's what happened with her. But, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What ends up happening? The car gets impounded in Kentucky. And how does the car get out of the impound in Kentucky? Because that would mean that Anna has to fly down, has to get to Kentucky and get the car out. Correct. She can't. She went to Kentucky and got the car out, actually. So who paid to get the car out? Did you have to pay to get the car out, Ms. Weaver? I did. He did reimburse me for, the, for me to go get the car out, but I had to pay gas. Two vehicles. So the person who drove me down there and then my friend who drove my car back, I had to pay tw two vehicles. Do you have a license? No, because I don't have a, I, I didn't drive my vehicle back. I had my friend who had a license. What ends up happening to the vehicle? What happened to the vehicle was when I had my friend drive my vehicle, somebody crashed into my vehicle and it, apparently 
he didn't put insurance on the vehicle or it didn't. Are you talking I, about I was, in the drive from Kentucky? No, not the drive to Kentucky. It okay. was, I think, less than a month later. And the car's totaled and there's no insurance on it, huh? Correct. And then was this person supposed to be making the car payments? No, I was making the car payments on it. Why are you making car payments for someone else to drive it? Um, because of the fact that it's my vehicle at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm not understanding. Who's this guy? Somebody new you're dating? No, it's my nephew. Okay, okay. All right. Who's stuck making payments on a car that, that is dead? I'm basically stuck with everything. <laughs> now, you are suing her, not for the $600 that you put down on the car, but for $3,000 that you put down on a different car. Why would she have to pay for the $3,000 that you put down on a different car? I mean, just like I had to go out of my way to pay for a different car when I already had a car, when she made that false police report. Right. Put it okay. You have a counterclaim against him for $8,000 for pain and suffering. Explain your counterclaim to me, Ms. Weaver. So when I moved down to Georgia, I ended up buying TVs. I bought TV... Um, Stands. I bought beds. I bought uh, bed frames. I've paid food in in the crib. Like I gave him money for a lot of things, let alone towels, washcloths. Uh, going back. And I mean, forth how many towels and washcloths do you think I can go through to figure out who owes who a couple of bucks? It's it's really about pain and well, suffering. Your your lawsuit is entitled eight thousand dollars for pain and suffering because correct. he did lost, you dirty. I, I, but you you would have to right, but. But um, let alone. Yeah, that should be car. a lesson that you what? learned on that, because it was ridiculous for you to I, I wouldn't care if you were single. I would say, oh, go with the flow. Be, you know, go go out there. He's suelte sin vacuna, you know, uh, out there and do what you want to tell me. I understand. <laughs> Loose and unvaccinated. Like, just go do whatever you want to do. But, you know, you have an eight-year-old, and your eight-year-old, I presume, has friends and people in Phoenix, and then all of a sudden you uproot him, put him in a house with three other kids and a stranger, a strange man. You know, it's kind of really crazy on your part, and most of your pain and suffering was caused by your bad decision-making, you know? So, no, on your counterclaim, zero. On your claim, Mr. Butler, interestingly... I do agree with you that it was completely inappropriate for her to file a false police report and to claim that the car was stolen. I cannot believe you reported the car stolen when you and I both know it wasn't they didn't, stolen. Excuse me, Judge, but what, what I'm stating What is, I'm stating is that you have a certain obligation, and your obligation is to go to court and to sue him, which is all kinds of trouble. You didn't want to do it, so you took the, the, the way out, which is completely filing a false so, police report. Just stop. We're done, okay? That is not appropriate, all right? This is one of the risks of putting your name on somebody else's car, okay? It's that they're going to be late on their payments. And you don't even have a right to repossess the car unless it's a significant breach. And a week isn't a significant breach, okay? It isn't. That's not how it works. I'm not going to order you to pay him all of his monthly payments, okay? because he did get to use the car in those months. But I am going to order you to return the $600 that was the down payment that he put on the car, because you didn't really have a right to even repossess it with a one-week late. But you most certainly don't have the right to call it stolen and file a stolen police report, which was 100% false. Verdict for the plaintiff, 
on the plaintiff's lawsuit against the defendant, not in the amount that he's asking for, but in the amount of the actual deposit on the car that she was forcing him to return, and on the counterclaim, zero. So in this tangled web of events, uh, the plaintiff is going to get that $600 back. That's it. Uh, the defendant gets nothing with her $1,000 uh, countersuit. Uh, Ms. Weaver, this has been a really tough lesson for you. What, are you what What's going on in your mind right now? It's not fair. It's not fair. Well, all I can tell you is you've got to give him the $600 back. Uh, the car payments, I presume you're going to have to keep paying those, you know? Or your, your credit's going to really go, you know, it's going to be trashed. Do you understand that? Do you? Of course. What have you learned from all of this, if anything? I've learned a lot not to trust us all. All right, Mr. Butler, let me ask you something. Don't you feel bad at all what, what your events have caused her to go through? I feel, I feel something, but um, I, I just feel that, you know, she could have just waited and, you know, everything would have been okay. I don't know. She was worried about her credit. She'd be a lot better off if you'd never walked into her life. You know that. Much better for her. Probably you, too. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Okay. Yeah. All right, let me ask you the same question. Have you learned anything from all of this? Uh, yes. If so what? Not to <laughs> not to get no car, nobody name, and just, if it's a higher payment to put down, just put it down and go about your day. All right. Well, at least you've learned something. Good luck to you. Yeah. You're going to get $600 back. Doug, I got to tell you, this is a case where it looks like a false police report may have been filed. A false police report can not only subject somebody to a civil problem, that is a criminal issue as well. And the person filing a false police report can be prosecuted, in some cases, for a felony. What movie or television show most closely depicts the actual proceedings in a court? We're talking about other than the People's Court, right? <laughs> Which is, of course, the, the original. Um, you're going to be surprised at my choice, but I'm going to go with my cousin Vinny. I mean, I think that even though it's, you know, crazy stuff and people doing madcap things inside the courtroom and outside, the judge is actually a stickler for procedure and he handles the arraignment like any judge would handle the arraignment. And at trial, he's kind of on the lawyers. He's trying to control the courtroom. He's trying to make sure they're asking the right kinds of questions and generally sticking to the rules of criminal procedure. So just my take. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't watch that many, um, that many TV shows that have yeah. to do with exactly what I do all day. Um, <laughs> You've had enough of it right. by the time you walk in the right. door. At the but end of this. Uh, I, I do read a lot of books that have a lot to do right. with what I do all day. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm not sure my cousin Vinny would have been my choice, but it's my favorite movie. So. <laughs> right. Well, very good. Well, well, I have to give honorable mention or second place to an oldie but goodie. The Three Stooges episode called Disorder in the Court. That's one, that's one of my faves. Why? It's not quite so realistic. Why? Uh, because it's the scene where Curly's got a, a hat in his hand and he keeps, puts his hat on and the bailiff says, take off your hat. And he takes it here and he goes, raise your right hand. Puts the hat back on his head and he goes, take off your hat. <laughs> Take 
This is the plaintiff, Edward Sterenberg. He says he hired the defendant to remediate a mold problem he had in his house, and the defendant was supposed to clean out his air ducts as part of the services. Turns out they left a huge mess of wet dust and mold up there. The defendant failed to do what they were hired for. He had to get another company to fix the problem right, and he's suing for the $5,000 it cost him. This is the defendant, Yana. She says her husband cleaned the plaintiff's ducts. Then, about a year later, the plaintiff had some construction done. Anytime you have a major construction project, you need to have the ducts re-cleaned. Now the plaintiff's trying to blame her husband and get a free job. She's accused of being dirty. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff hired the defendant to remediate some mold in his house and says the job was botched. He has more mold than ever, and he wants some justice. But the defendant says that the guy had construction in his house after he cleaned the ducts, and any problem now are not the defendant's responsibility. It's the case of you break the mold. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Sterenberg, what happened here? Yes, my... Um... Grandma had passed away and I'd inherited a house full of furniture from her. Okay. It turned out that the uh, old furniture smell turned out to be mold. It turned out that the mold, uh, unfortunately, spread throughout our entire house. Oy. And we ended up reaching out to uh, Don, a remediation contractor, to try to help us with the matter. And then he uh, had referred us to a uh, duck service company because he said for him to clean our house properly, he needed to uh, have the ductwork clean first so that the... Uh, mold that was in everything in the house, including the ductwork, wouldn't spread throughout the rest of the house. Okay. So you cleaned ductwork and you paid how much to the defendant? Oh, I paid them uh, $2,200 for the ductwork cleaning. And All right. The, and uh, then was this, was ductwork cleaning something that your mold remediator was requiring before he would have his people go in there and mold remediate? Because yes. typically, so that was a requirement for the safety of his workers? No, that was, the belief was that if the, uh, Mold wasn't cleaned out of the ductwork first, and then he cleaned the house, and then we ran the ductwork, ran the air conditioner heating system, that that would re-pollute the house. Right, but then by the same token, if the house is remediated after the ductwork is done, then you've released, you know, one is, it's all part and parcel of each other. There's, there, so the mold remediation work was done after the, after the ductwork, right? Right, right. All right, and the mold remediation entailed what? You're talking to somebody who has mold remediated multiple times. I live in South Florida. This is a rare problem for you in Connecticut unless you have some kind of flood or something and it's not taken care of correctly. But it is not a rare problem for those of us who live in South Florida, I'm sorry to say. It is a whole, it's like cancer, basically, the way it spreads. And when you've got it in the, in the air ducts, it's like you've got it in the lymph nodes. Um, and you're spreading it to everywhere else. It's, a, it's an issue, and I, an issue I'm very familiar with. But what I'm trying to get is what was the remediation work, because sometimes it's cleaning with the, the special formula um, that they probably sell in Home Depot, but you don't want to do that work, and so you leave it in the hands of the professionals because you want to just run, and uh, by you I mean me. And, um, and then sometimes it's ripping out the drywall and getting behind it because that's what... So what kind of work was done in your house? 
At our house, it was simply uh, spraying all the ceilings and surfaces and belongings in the home with a uh, uh, shockwave product that Don then wiped everything uh, clean with. We didn't have any drywall removed. We didn't have any construction work done whatsoever. Right, but they had to remove all the furniture, didn't they? Yeah, we removed the furniture. Yeah, and the furniture got moved, and what did they do to the furniture? Got rid of it, or did they, um, did they remediate the furniture? 99% of it we got rid of. Oh, yeah, imagine that. All right, so in t- August of 2021, you contact the defendant and say, you scammed me. What made you say that? Uh, we had her, her husband come out to the house, and he was very clear. I'm not like the typical uh, duct cleaning contractor he told us. He gave us this whole speech about how you know, honorable he was and the, the company he was building and, and really sold us on the fact that he was going to you know, do an you know, A-plus job uh, cleaning on our ductwork. And then when, uh, you know, finally when August came around and I, I admitted to my wife that, you know, maybe uh, we should have another contractor look in the ductwork to see if, you know, that's where this odor is still coming from in our home. Because you still smelled and, an odor? Yeah, we still smelled the odor. Now, was this so you we, again smelled an odor or you the odor was always there? Did you guys move out during the remediation? Yeah, we moved in and out several times. Okay, so did the odor that you were smelling, was it a new odor or, did, or was it the same odor as always? The same order we had. So did you ta- did you talk to the remediator and ask him why am I still smelling mold? Yeah, we did. And he, did was there a test? For, hold on, let out. me ask my questions again. Was there a test? Did they do another test for the mold level? Well, we had testing done in uh, in January. Of what year? Twenty twenty one. Okay, well, the testing done in January of 2021. When was when did the remediation take place? November 17th through the 19th. Of 2020? 2020, yes. Okay, so you move back in, and then the testing is the testing that is naturally occurring before you move back in, or is it after you move back in because you're still smelling something? Uh, no, we were, still, we were still smelling something. There was a ongoing odor. Okay, so there had already that. been a past test. Before you moved in, there was a there was a, an acceptable test, right? Uh, yes. All right. So now you're still smelling a smell. You don't like it, so you order another test. What's that January test tell you? Uh, we just had one one area that was high in the uh, the basement area, and the other ones are all acceptable. So you took care of that, and then you wait a bit, and then you test it again. When? When's the next test after January? Yeah, I don't believe we did any further testing. I don't, I don't okay. Think. So the smell persists. Uh, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August is when you call them, right? Right. right. And what do you say to them? Uh, I said to them that uh, I had a HVAC contractor come in my house and looked in the ductwork, and he found that there was uh, multiple years of uh, dirt and dust and, and, he, and the odor that we were smelling throughout the house. Uh, he, my wife, and uh, the ductwork um, cleaning contractor, uh, HVAC contractors, employee, all said it was the smell was the same smell in the ductwork as the house. Okay. Now, where in the ductwork was this issue supposedly discovered? It was uh, throughout the uh, roughly 200 feet of uh, ductwork that we have that runs from one end of the house to the other. Okay. So do you have pictures to show me? Yes, I sent two in to show okay. you uh, two, two openings that were initially made. Okay. No, the, do you have the pictures of the years of dirt and dust for me to look at? No, yes, I do. Is this supposed to show it? It's the best pictures I had. Okay, but that's kind of, right, then maybe the best pictures you had. I understand what you're saying. And what is this? It's showing the dust and grime that was left behind that was causing that odor. And the, uh, afterwards, that, that metal was all shiny clean, like it looked like it was brand new. Can I see the picture of it all shiny clean and looking like it's brand new? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't. 
Okay, how do I know that's just not the way this metal looks? Debris inside. Okay, whose hands are these? Oh, and that was some of the uh, residual dust we also found in uh, some of the other parts of the ductwork system. Whose hands are these? Also, also adding to the odor. Who's, well, whose hands are these? Oh, those are mine and uh, wiping it out from the inside. Okay, what is it you are wiping? Uh, the inside of the uh, takeoffs from the main duct system. That, uh, you ended up replacing the all the ductwork, right? No, we, we, we cleaned the uh, metal ductwork was cleaned. And then the individual takeoffs, they said, were easy to replace based on what was going on. To, uh, did that them. solve the problem? Yes, it did. Okay. But that's not what you hired the defendants for. You just paid them to clean the ductwork, right? Yeah, I was told by All right, Mr. Ms. Uh, let me hear from you. Ms. Yana, talk to me. You're not the person who actually did the cleaning of the ductwork. That would be your husband? Yes, my husband, Mati. Uh, okay. He's the one who actually came in to do the work. And he did a free estimate because that's what we offer and no service call charge. Um, what exactly did your husband do for the $2,200? So we did the air duct cleaning. Um, How is that done? Also, so all of the equipment that we use is portable and we clean each individual vent throughout the customer's house. Okay. So if you have 30 vents, we clean all 30 individually. Okay, what does that um, look so like, like a vacuum? This, so um, it, Depends on the type of system that he has. We use specific equipment for. Okay, that is your husband job. here to testify? Because I'm going to be asking specific questions. Hello, I, Your Honor. Hi, what's your name? My name is Mati. Okay, Mr. Mati, tell me what you did in this in this house. Tell me how you cleaned it. Yes, ma'am. So first of all, we start with the cold air returns. Where the cold air returns, it's actually sucking all the dirt into the system. All right, so you vacuum it's, that, you clean that, right? We, we, we not vacuum that. We're running a snake into it ah. because each vent, it's a single duct that's connect to the trunk line. So we need to run a snake all the way through each cold air return to push all the dirt to the trunk line. Then we're cleaning the trunk line. And when we done cold air return, trunk lines, and um, um, where's the filtration box, then we start to work on the supply vents, okay. the one that's blowing the air out. Okay. All right. So what kind of uh, machine do you use to do this stuff? Yes, ma'am. So um, we're using um, air pressures, um, and we're using a retaining brush. Very soft, um, I mean, specific for air duct. We buy only equipment from air duct companies. All right, so, and how does it work? Because you don't physically go in the air duct, obviously. So you clean Correct. it. So how do you, you clean it? You're standing in the living room. Here's the return. You open it up and you do what? We open the return. We're running the snake inside to the cold air return. Mm -hmm. Because the cold air return, all the vents, it's a single duct. All those ducts, it's connect to a big trunk line. That it's downstairs. Does the trunk or line upstairs. go? Uh, is the trunk line last or first? It's last thing you you fix. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Because first we need to push all Dislodge the dirt. Dislodge everything. The all right. Yes. So so when you did it, how many how many hours did it take you to do in this case? So his house, he have around three thousand square feet. It was around five hours job, and I've been there with my guys, with my guy. How long I have you been actually, in this business? I'm in that business around five years. So now let me ask you, Mr. Sterenberg, what possesses you to believe that it was shoddy work on their part and that they have to return your money? Do you, did the new 
HVAC guys tell you that they didn't do their job properly? And if so, did they put that in writing? Do you have an affidavit from them or a report that says that? Uh, I was asking him to participate, but he you know, legally didn't want to get involved. He uh, did say that the we haven't talked about the sanitizer that they sprayed and everything, but that was an issue. He said uh, it damaged my uh, plenums and my furnaces and my fiber duckboard. And uh, based on okay, what the he first found, thing you have to prove if somebody's that somebody's damaged something and owes you money is that they damaged it, and it can't just be you saying someone told me they did. It has to be you proving it by showing me something from an expert that says that. Uh, the, only, the only proof I have are the invoices that I, I spent the money to re replace all that equipment that was damaged. Right, which is something you probably should have done anyway after everything was remediated because it's the safest thing to do. But that doesn't prove they didn't do their job a year ago. You can't just come into court and tell me someone said so. That's called hearsay. You got to have some proof. I mean, you know, the guy doesn't have to be here to testify under oath. It's small claims. We relax the rules a little. But my goodness, you don't even have it in writing. You don't have a report. You have nothing to buttress what you're saying, Mr. Sternberg. I got to be honest with you. You know what has happened in all of my situations? We do an air cleaning beforehand because otherwise the workers don't want to come in. And then we do an air cleaning afterwards. Like you end up doing the air cleaning twice. And I, I ended up replacing an AC that was only three years old in my mother's house because we couldn't, f I knew there was mold in there. When we kept bringing people to test, it was obvious there was mold in there. It had been cleaned, I don't know how many times, how many times am I gonna clean the thing? Just buy a new one and then we don't have this issue. And that's, you know, it's so expensive and disheartening. And now you look back and you say, eh, my grandmother's stuff, I loved her, and, but man, it wasn't even worth keeping. Because um, I didn't know it would destroy my life the way it has destroyed our living situation. And I understand that. You need to prove to me that they didn't do their job. And you don't do that by showing me dust on your hands or telling me something someone said. Welcome back to the People's Court. He is saying that there is now a lot of mold in his house that shouldn't be there, and he's laying it right at the defendant's doorstep, says it's going to cost thousands of dollars to fix. Let's go back into the courtroom and see if he gets it. For you to prove this case against this company, you need to prove to me that they didn't do their job. And you don't do that by showing me dust on your hands or telling me something someone said. Verdict in this case is for the defendants. So the judge has found for the defendant in this case because the plaintiff simply couldn't prove his case. Mr. Sternberg, what are you thinking about the judge's verdict? Uh, I know you're disappointed, but what do you think? It makes sense, but I uh, you know, wish I could have had some more participation, some more evidence to share with her, but it just didn't work out that way. You just needed proof that you just didn't have. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, that's the way it worked out for you. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, nobody wanted uh, to, to catch my back there and help me out, so that's the way it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's find out now how the defendant feels about this. Yana, I, I'm sure you're, you're feeling much better. Am I right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Very good. I worked super hard to get where we are, you know, so I feel fantastic. All right. Well, listen, you prevailed, so good for you. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. So, Doug, you know, it's kind of murky, but sometimes expert testimony is not only good to have, it's essential to have. And it just depends on the case. I think in a situation like this, if the plaintiff 
would have gotten an expert to really lay out how this job was botched. Maybe it would have been handled differently, but without that, the plaintiff is a loser. My wife and I think that because you live in South Florida, you must be scuba divers. Are you? We are both certified for scuba. But uh, that being said, when was the last time you and I went scuba diving together? I don't know. Kids uh, ruin everything, don't they? Like they it's really do. It's like, what were we doing <laughs> we the last not, 20 years? Exactly. Huh? Been 25. We 25 haven't been years. scuba diving since before the children were born. That's right. They've sucked yeah. the fun right out of us. Honestly, I think really we could probably both use a refresher course yeah, I don't just think because I we haven't been down, down in a long yeah. time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it just opens up a, a fantastic world. That It, it really is know, something. And I used you, to really enjoy And I used when I was reckless and young and actually before you, I actually went down. You were reckless? <laughs> and, uh, like 60 or 90 feet, some ridiculous amount of feet night diving. Right. In St. John's is, or St. Thomas. That is a little crazy. It I've was never done crazy. a night dive. It was crazy. Right. And, um, right. I, and there were these six-foot tarpon, and, yeah. and, and I had a little light, and I, um, I thought it would be funny to just kind of shake it on my dive buddy uh-huh. because, like, saying hello or something. You and panic my, your dive buddy? Yeah, panic <sighs> my dive buddy because all of the, of the little minnows came oh, to the light, right. and then... So did the tarpon, little who fish. could just whip their tail. Big fish eat little it, fish. I will right. never do that yeah. again. I don't have, uh-huh. All my diving, when I do it again, and I right. will, will be 30 feet under, and right. where you can just jettison and go up. And right, that'll do it today. We'll see you tomorrow on the People's Court. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.